0: you need to know what's happening it's, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaConfora. Welcome back to another edition of In the Huddle Carl Dukes along with Jason LaCanfora. Brian Boldinger joins us as well each week as we release new episodes Tuesday and Thursday and coming off of another incredible week Jason I got to tell you, man, every week we learn something new in the NFL. And it's like, you know, you kind of look at things and you say, well, this is what I believe. And then you watch a game or you watch a team and then you realize, okay, maybe that's not what I believe. And I'm watching the Ravens-Bucks because I want to go back to Thursday night. Short turnaround, short week, news comes out, Giselle and Tom, it's final, they've got the divorce. And you're wondering how all of this off-the-field stuff is going to affect him or if it, in fact, is affecting him. I do think it is, but. Me too. The Ravens, in the first half, don't run the football. No. And Jason, that's what they do. They run the football. They come out in the second half. They run for over 200 yards, and they end up winning the game. Explain to me what's going on with this team. Why did they try to go away from their identity in the first half, and then they come out? Lamar, eight for eight in the second half. He was perfect. Two touchdowns, and they breeze by and win over the Bucks, who are now in a three-game losing streak.
1: Yeah, look, they're saying that this was all their master plan, and they were going to loosen up. the bucks defense and explore where the weak spots were because they were short of corners and that they came in with this idea of throwing 30 times 30 times in the first half and then running it 20 odd times in the second i don't buy that um i don't buy that lick um it was clear they wanted to reestablish mark andrews early in the game he got shut out against the browns the week before for just the second time in his career and four of the first six targets went to him. And Lamar Jackson does this thing sometimes where, like, he gets locked in on 89, and he's going to force feed him, and he's going to trust him to make a play. And the offense starts to get really constricted and really predictable. And that's what the first quarter was. And then Andrews got hurt, and Rashad Bateman, who might not play football again this year, their first-round pick from a couple of years ago, reaggravates a foot injury, and they're sitting there at the half, and it's a tie game and they threw 30 times for like 4.5 yards per passing attempt, which the Ravens this season run as a team for almost six yards per rushing attempt. And here they are throwing 30 passes for 4.5 per attempt. And I believe that John Harbaugh got with Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator and said, WTF? What, what, I mean, what, what is this? Like we, we can run on those guys. Out of 11 personnel, we could run on them. Out of heavy personnel, we're not running at all. Hmm. And they came out and road graded them in the second half. Uh, The interesting thing about the Ravens is Lamar Jackson is running less than he ever has. And yet they're still number one in the NFL in yards per attempt rushing. They're at 5.66. Nobody else is even at 5.3. And Lamar himself is running for 7.4 yards per carry, which is his career best. Um, now, again, he's doing it about 9.4 times per game. You go back to other years, he's he's rushing more than 11 times a game. Will they ultimately get there? Because, as you said, Carl, this is who they are. And when it gets to be the thick of the playoff chase, your true colors show, and that's what they do best, I think there's a case to be made for that. Um, The fact that they got Isaiah Likely, their fourth-round pick, a tight end who they were really high on in the summer, going was good. The fact that they had to lean on Devin DuVernay, on jet sweeps, on horizontal passing uh, plays, you know, screens, quick hitters. Um, They should have been doing that for the whole three years this kid's been in the league, but they they tend not to. Um, But do I think that gives them some confidence and gives Lamar confidence in those guys? I do – but it's not a great group of pass catchers and the offensive line is as good as it's been since Ronnie Stanley got hurt a couple years ago. And it's built to road grade people. And even with Gus Edwards, a little dinged up and JK Dobbins might not play again this year. I think Lamar in the scheme are the star. So Kenyon Drake could go over hundred yards any given week because he's sitting in the pistol with Lamar behind that offensive line with the freaking nature fullback, Pat Ricardo, who opens everything up. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to run the ball. Um, you know, Roquan Smith should help their defense, a linebacking core that wasn't really filled with sure tacklers and certainly wasn't filled with guys who could cover. Um, so they're an interesting team. And as we sit here recording this, the Bengals laid an egg on Monday Night Football, so the Ravens now are sitting there with a clear path to the division title. Um, and, boy, look at their schedule. If they do the right thing, Carl – And don't play Mark Andrews in this game against the Saints next week. And don't play Gus Edwards in that game. And I'm telling you, Bateman's not playing in that game. And Bateman might not play again. But they have a chance to give some guys basically the month of November off. They played on a Thursday. They don't play again until Monday. Then they have their bye. So you could literally have a, hey, Mark Andrews, you take till Thanksgiving week, brother. We just need you for that game on the other side of the bye against Carolina. They have a chance to get really healthy here because the schedule sets up very favorably. They won Sunday and Thursday. Now they don't play again until Monday, and they don't play again until two Sundays after that.
0: Lots of time to get right. It's in the huddle. Jason Lock on four. Carl Dix with you. Put him up. Glad that you're here. Brian Baldinger joins us, as we said, guys. All right, I want to have a conversation real quick while we're on the Ravens. Let's talk about Lamar. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of hearing that Lamar can't or won't or will never win a Super Bowl. All I know about Lamar Jackson, and I say this all the time, Jason, on my shows: Can he play? Is he a winner? Does he deliver the ball? Can he do everything you expect a franchise quarterback to do? The simple answer is yes. And I have these conversations with people. Sometimes I I, I don't understand the bias, and I don't want to simply say it's because Lamar is a black quarterback. I think that's That's simplistic.
1: Part of it, though, that's definitely part of it.
0: But when you watch Lamar, and he's forty and 14 in the regular season that's winning guys yeah since he started as a as a starter with the Ravens 40 and 14 he's won a ton of games he's already got an MVP and I just see this this narrative out there about Lamar and I go yeah. does he do everything that you need him to do to win games and I actually think because of his dynamic running ability and I think we get caught up Either a guy makes plays or he doesn't. Right. I don't care how he does it, okay? Either he makes plays in this league or he doesn't. Because of his dynamic running ability, he gives you a little bit more of an edge. And I just want to get your opinion on this because, you know, we're at a point now where we know what's looming in the offseason, which is the big contract. It's going to happen. We also know that this is potentially, as you said, a healthy team that might be a Super Bowl winning team. Why is it that we're still talking about Lamar not being able to win a potential Super Bowl, or not being a guy that should be in that, that upper echelon of quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. I I think certain people have certain biases against him that go back to before he was drafted or right around when he was drafted. And they're just going to cling to him and they're going to keep moving the goalposts, you know, because why not? If, if, if you're arguing, if you're trying to sort of disprove a fact, then, then, Oh, well, he's 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 not he can't throw the ball. Well, that, that's ludicrous. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. His 2019 season, he he had he was as good of a maestro in the red zone in tight spaces as you're gonna find. It was it was a historic season on a lot of levels that had nothing to do with just him running the football. Um oh, he's not durable. He's pretty durable. He got hurt last year, guys get hurt, but like <laughs> he 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 answers the call every week um it's like now so now i guess it's like well he he, he's never going to win a super bowl or he hasn't won a super bowl i mean has josh allen won a super bowl like how many how many quarterback how many quarterbacks in this league have won a super bowl like what are we talking about um i'll say this he's never had anything close to what andy Reid put around mahomes what the bills did once they paid Josh Allen, right? where well, we're gonna trade for digs, we're gonna put all these assets in our offense. Um he doesn't have that core. It it it's Mark Andrews and everybody else, and that's been that's been the case Lamar's entire career. We're five years in. Um I, I it's almost like the people who are inclined to relegate him or denigrate him it's like i'm i'm done fighting that battle like i don't think it's based on football i don't think it's particularly rational i think it's a lot of people who probably don't a- actually watch what he does week in week out um you said the ravens could could possibly win a super bowl they they're not they're they're not even the cleveland browns without lamar jackson i mean i'm just i'm just telling you like they're not like you put anybody else in these situations with how they're constructed, and part of it is because of his skill set. But like, I don't. There's not many people in this league who are asked to do more, and and are a bigger factor determining whether their team wins or loses every single week in this league than Lamar Jackson. There's so much on his plate, um, and you said it. He keeps delivering. He wins games, man. He is an absolute winner. But. That's still not going to be enough for some people, and it probably never will. Let's move on, Jason, and talk about what I saw with
0: the Falcons and the Panthers. Wild. (sighs) Crazy game. Um, The Falcons are in first place, by the way. What? The the Atlanta Falcons, November 1st, in first place in the NFC South. Not Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Not the New Orleans Saints who have better personnel. And certainly not the Carolina Panthers. Now, the Carolina Panthers... They don't have anything to lose right now, right? Steve Wilkes is just coaching freely. P.J. Walker's their new quarterback. Baker Mayfield has been relegated to the backup. But let's talk about the fact that they had a couple of chances to win this game and they blew it. And I got to tell you, the vibe with the Falcons is changing. This this whole thing about okay, they don't win close games. They've been in a bunch oh, of ones, once, they, once they four win games. games. Yeah, they're winning close games. They're finding a way to get it done. And then you know the vibe around. Where this team is going to go, and I said this to Baldy the other day, what happens when Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot get some money, which they will in the offseason, to go spend on free agents? What happens in two more drafts where they've drafted fairly well? They've got rookies contributing right now on this team that they drafted in this last spring draft. Where's this team? And, And I get it. The quarterback question is still there with Marcus Mariota. But, Jason, he's playing very comparable football, 20 for 28. 253, three touchdowns yeah. on Sunday. He did have two picks, one in overtime that should have cost him, but it didn't, so you can't say what it could have should have. I'm curious to know Carolina and where they are with Steve Wilkes, the quarterback situation. You've got Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield on the bench. Yeah. These were two top five picks a few years ago, and a guy who seems like you know he's just playing out there and having a good time. The kid threw for over 300 yards on Sunday, even though they lose yeah. uh, 37-34.
1: Weird game. Um, obviously some serious kicking issues for the Panthers and the Falcons have a kicker who's a closer. Um Pinero, yeah. those and by the way, those will stay with you, don't they? Those misses. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean that that I'm shocked that he was still on the roster Monday morning. <laughs> um, um but today as we record this, it's Tuesday. If they're not doing a Tuesday kicker competition, sure then they're wa- then they're waving the white flag. I feel horrible for Steve Wilkes. That team is playing out of their minds. They keep shedding talent. They keep playing harder. Um, And if DJ Moore doesn't rip his helmet off, they probably win that football game. And they're in first place, which is improbable. They fired their coach and traded their best players and trying to trade everybody else. And they're DJ Moore ripping his helmet off away from being in first place themselves. I still have to favor the Bucs, all things considered, in that division. I mean, over the long game. You think they're gonna turn it around? You think they well, I mean, what do they need to do? Win nine games? You know, like I don't think Atlanta's going on a five-game winning streak. Like, what's it gonna take to win that division? Nine and eight? Probably eight and nine with the right tiebreakers. You know, we go back to that bogus roughing the passer call in the Falcons Buffs game. It might might decide that division. Um, so I still lean to the Bucks, but Atlanta, I can't get a I can't get a handle on them. When you when you look at some advanced metrics and you start filtering out garbage time, there's no way that that team like you that you'd think that team was two and six if you just looked at the raw numbers. Yes. But they're but they're obviously not. Um there's it seems like Mariota, there seems to be stretches in more games than not where you're like, well, this this is why this dude didn't become who he was drafted to be Mm. right because of this and that and that, but, but he, he's been through enough now that I feel like he's got the ability to kind of slough that off and shake that off and it doesn't destroy his whole day. Right. And once he pulls out of the rough patch, once they hit a few things, then they get it rolling a little bit again. And the really impressive thing for me is they're doing it without Patterson who was their basically was their offense the first month of the season. Right. So, I give a lot of credit to Arthur Smith. Uh, they they find ways to win games. Um, it's not always on script, it's not always pretty. It's it, it is exciting, it is wild. Um, and when you have a young team that stacks wins, they 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 become a little bit dangerous. So uh and they they're in the NFC where any like anything is possible, you know, like it it really is. So I, I think they'll be in it until the end. I would still favor Tampa. Um and then, yeah, the quarterback is something that they're gonna have to ultimately figure out. I think Marcus Mariota is a great bridge quarterback. He's I, I can't build my franchise around him though.
0: Listen, and here's the thing, I'll mention this because he asked he was asked a question uh after the game on Sunday about his confidence because he threw a pick early. It was yeah. you know, they took a shot, it didn't hurt him. And then in the interception in the overtime, you thought, okay, he just lost the game, and here comes all this pressure, more pressure on him. And he said, I've gotten to a point in my career, Jason, where I'm not trying to be perfect anymore. And I used to play where I had to be perfect. And that's just maturity, right? I mean, you just turned 29 on Sunday. You get to a point where you understand, I don't have to be perfect. I just have to limit my mistakes and play within my game. And I think he understands that right now. But to your point, when you go look at all the numbers, defensively, it, it is weird. They've got more turnovers than, you know, than they've had the last few years, more sacks than they've had the last few years. I think it's just a really opportunistic team yes. that takes advantage of big third down, Grady Jarrett gets a sack, they get off the field. Big third down, here comes Pitts or London with the catch and moves the chains. It's really weird because they're just not, they're not dominating, even though mm-hmm. they're running the ball well. It is a weird mix of how they're getting it done, but it's winning football. And yes. that's, all, that's all anybody cares about. Jason, let's talk about, how about them Cowboys?
1: Wow, you wowzers.
0: Uh 49-28. I figured they beat the Bears. I hope you took the cover, because I certainly did. But but the Cowboys, they're rolling. And Micah Parsons, that touchdown and the awareness to get up and realize that Justin Fields had jumped yep. over him. Yeah. He didn't touch him. Yep. He takes it to the house. And I'm sitting there going, this kid, what? He's so aware of every situation and circumstance. So here's the thing. I want to talk about Chicago side of things because Justin Fields had a chance or does he have a chance in your opinion, to have a decent career? I know we've all talked about this. I had one of my producers say, Oh, he's a glorified running back right now. I thought he played as well a week ago against the Patriots that Mm -hmm. he's played all year. Yeah. Then you go up against the Cowboy defense and you see what the bears are. And then now we know they've traded Roquan Smith. They're just slowly depleting things around him. What is going to be the ultimate look for for Justin Fields when we talk about him maybe in two years? Is he going to be a guy?
1: I don't think he's going to be a guy there. I don't think this new regime is particularly invested in him. Nothing they did in the offseason would indicate that they were. I mean, you look at these – they make these trades, and you got these reporters out there talking about how much cap space they have next year. Stop carrying the water for these billionaires. Right? Those fans, those fans have been effed over in Chicago for years. They waited too long to cut bait with the old coach and GM in part because they didn't want to pay them to do nothing or to be somebody else's coordinator. And now you're gonna, you're gonna you, you get rid of Khalil Mack in the offseason. Roquan Smith says, I want out too, you know, this is how much I want to play football for you moving forward. They don't want to pay it. It's not about salary cap. It's about them being cheap. It's about them tanking. And now they finally get rid of him and Robert Quinn, and there's people like trying to tell you how well the Bears are set up for success next year with all these draft picks. Well, they got guys doing it who've never done it before who might not be any good. I don't trust that family to hire the right people. When do they do it? When does it happen? When does it work? Right? And don't tell me how much cap space you have, because that's going right in their damn pockets while they get the stadium built for them in Arlington. They ain't getting any free agents next year. They not trying to get any free agents next year, and nobody's coming there because they're three, three years away from being any good. And they got a quarterback who they don't seem to really like. They got nothing to make him any better. And they pumped it on this season. That's the reality. That's who they are. So is Justin Fields enough to overcome all that? No, I don't think Patrick Mahomes would be enough to overcome all that. But it was pretty clear right away when these guys got in there that it was not about maximizing Fields. It was about starting our tank job. And if he looks like he's a part of our future, great. And if not... Well, we just want to get a bunch of draft picks and we'll find somebody else. And the old regime wasn't about him. It was about trying to keep their jobs because they know in their heart of hearts they should have been fired a year before. They should never got their hands on Justin Fields. So it's not just, you know, who you are and what you can do. It's what's around you. It's when it's right player at the right place at the right time. He might be the right player, but it's the wrong place at the wrong time. And don't, don't listen to people carrying their water they're not, it's the Chicago bears are not in the business of trying to maximize their attempt to win football games. Now they're just not, and they won't be next year either. Um, so I, I don't know what more that kid can do. It took him, you know, it took them to what, six, seven weeks in the season to, to even start m- morphing the offense a little bit more into what he could do best right now. And what yeah. would help him and them succeed. They did still road grade the Cowboys again. Um, I don't think that side of it's going to disappear. It's, it's just the defense isn't any good and yeah, they don't really have receivers and they don't really, they're not interested in passing the ball all that much. Um, it's almost like they just want to hit the fast forward button to get to the off season. Uh, so I feel for that kid. Um, I hope he doesn't endure injuries or, you know, catastrophic hits. Um, and the Cowboys, I think, now are at a point in their season where they get a little beat up on defense. The run defense was sort of like the dirty little secret about them coming in. Chicago exposed it even more. I think more is going to be asked of their offense now. Dax had a couple of weeks to settle in. I think their equation's changing a little bit because I don't think that defense is quite as ironclad as it was a month ago. And you're starting to see wear and tear and attrition hit them a little bit, right? Parsons isn't practicing that much. I mean, he's... sure. The last three weeks, really. Um, so I wonder and, – and look, they run the ball better with Pollard. I don't care what Jerry says. I mean, Pollard uh, – well, I mean, let's, let's talk it, about it, this for a second. That, you know. Because, well,
0: it, and Jerry, if you missed it, guys, it's Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on four, in the huddle. podcast. come out Tuesday and Thursdays, free on the Odyssey app. Find us, like us, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Jerry comes out, for those who missed it, and basically said, you know, Zeke was on the sideline, and he – He basically co-signed for Zeke in saying, you know, how good he is and what he does for the team and how great they are when Zeke's on the field. And that may have been true in 2018. Right. Not now. It's Pollard all day, every day. He's more explosive. He makes more plays. He just looks better. And so, yeah, yeah, Jerry is defending Jason. Let's be honest. He's defending his investment. He spent all all that money on Zeke and now he's like, well, you know, Zeke is the player we need. No, he's not. No, he's not.
1: Yeah. And I think his tune will eventually change. You know, he got there with Tony Romo and Dak, you know, three weeks ago, he's trying to engender gin up a quarterback controversy out of the air just because he's a shockster. He's, you know, P.T. Barnum, you know, like he he wants to be the greatest show on earth. Um, he wants everybody talking about the Cowboys. But he had, I mean, it's a more explosive run game and a more explosive pass game with Pollard on the field, period. Point blank, end of story. There is no counter argument. Um, and I suspect we get to see this at least one more week, maybe a couple. And then at that point, I think, Jerry himself will realize what happened here. And I think maybe Jerry will stop, you know, whispering or screaming in Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore's ear <laughs> about how much or how little, you know, uh, his bell cow running back, who he paid all that money to is or isn't on the field. Um, but yeah, that could end up being a blessing in disguise for that franchise because Pollard, Pollard, he helps them win. I mean, if you want to say Dak's a better pass protector than him, Okay. But, like, he also expands the scope of the offense by his presence on the field and what you have to fear with him running a wheel route or, or a screen or a check down. And, obviously, he's been the most explosive runner there for two years. I mean, they just handcuffed themselves by putting the guy who makes more money, you know, getting 65 70% of the reps.
0: Yeah, we see it all the time, guys, in the NFL. This is – Owners do this. They got to protect the investment. And they got to make you believe sometimes that the investment is still worth it. when yeah. many, 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 t- many cases, it's not. Jason, let's move on and talk about the Dolphins. They beat the Lions. They were down. I want your Tua take. I want to know what you feel on Tua. Now that he's returned from the concussion situation, 29-36, to 36, 382, three touchdowns. I thought he was good. Now, neither team scored in the fourth quarter. But I thought he was good when he needed to be. And then you yeah. look at the numbers and
1: you go, hell, Tua had a really good game. All right. Where are you on Tua? Tonga Valoa? They're they're five and zero when he starts and finishes a football game. So I'm gonna start right there. Right. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's point number one. He's also leading the NFL in yards per attempt. Mm. That's a fact. Um, they have two wide receivers who are the the m- one of the most productive wide receiver tandems in NFL history through. Eight weeks since the merger so like all that's very real and the run game's been very hit or miss um and the defense is a shell of what it was a year ago right so and all that's pretty much been the same all year except when he plays the entire game they win all the time and when he doesn't they lose all the time so i and I always look. I, I'm a bit of a Tua guy I always felt like the narrative on him shifted the moment he hurt his hip, and it's like the wolves came out, man. When he got hurt at Alabama, it was like people were ready to see him flop in the NFL, ready to say he's too brittle, ready to say he can't push the ball down the field, all that stuff. Where to your point about Lamar Jackson, all I've ever watched this guy, this kid, do on Saturday afternoons is win. And you could say, well, it's Alabama and this or that, and what a good, great cast around him. Well. Go look at Mac Jones, because I heard a whole lot of hype about that kid, and I still don't see it. Alabama. So I'm buying it, man. I thought that he would be a really good fit in that offense. And and look, is it always the most air yards in the world? No, but he knows how to throw a great underneath pass and let Tyreek, let Waddle run into that thing, throw him into space, and let them yak it up. Um, but if you're not respecting their deep game, then you haven't watched their film, because there's there's plenty of that, too. I think they're an interesting team um and I think he's in good hands finally with a staff that actually is motivated to have him succeed week in week out uh there's you don't hear whispers about who's into his camp and who's not right like there's none of that crap that's been going on there for years. Um, he's their quarterback. he's a winning quarterback. they clearly like him in that locker room. And the kid's driven to get better, and he's driven to win. Is he perfect? No. Does he? Is he? He's not. He's not going to win a velocity contest. You know, if you line him and every quarterback up in the league and have him throw to a jugs gun, he's he's not going to win that. But there's so much more to it than that. Um, and he does enough with his legs to extend plays. He's pretty fearless. I, I mean, I again, they, when he plays the entire game, they win. When he doesn't, they lose.
0: Yeah. And Jason, you know, here's the thing, too. You're you're right about sometimes it's the intangible things. It's sort of like what Lamar has. Right. You don't know how to put your finger on it. He doesn't do this or he doesn't do that. And you can make all these excuses. But two is winning. And to your point, that's all Miami wants. That's all any Dolphin fan wants is, hey, we got a guy that can go win a game, especially like Sunday where you're down and you got to come back. To your point, I just want to put this out there, and then I want to get to some rapid-fire stuff. It's Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes in the huddle, guys. This is the podcast. Subscribe today. Tell your friends, and make sure you're here on Tuesday and Thursdays as we release new episodes. Tyreek Hill, 12 catches, 188 yards Sunday. He is on pace, to put this in perspective, to break Calvin Johnson's record in 2012 of 1,964 yards. He's crushing it. So – As the receiver market got reset with his new salary and contract and everybody went, Oh, you can't pay a receiver that he's just a difference maker. And now, you know, no, Kansas city's doing their thing. And this is not necessarily about Patrick Mahomes. The point is they're finding ways to get him the ball. So 12, 188 on Sunday, Waddle had eight for a buck, six and two touchdowns. This is back to your point about, it doesn't have to always be 60 yards down the field. Get these guys the rock 15 yards down the field and they're going to turn it into a 35 or 45 yard gain. He had he could by the end of the season break Calvin Johnson's record. Now remember, one extra game, okay? Calvin it's Johnson good. 2012, but the point is that's the kind of numbers he's putting up. All right, I want to ask you about the Raiders. They're a mess. What is going on with Josh McDaniels? They don't score on Sunday against the Texans. Against Crazy. Uh, not the Texans against New Orleans, Saints. they don't score.
1: Hey, I love the over in this game because I thought both teams would score to the mid twenties, probably the thirties. The Saints could have hung forty on them if they wanted to. It's twenty four nothing after the first drive of the second half. They take the air out of the ball. They stop chucking it all over the place. Even though you know they could have they could have kept running the stuff they were running with Taysom Hill inside the twenties and running the stuff they were running with Dalton between the twenties and, and put up 40 easy, but the saints didn't come. They didn't, I mean, the, the Raiders didn't show up. I mean, they, they, they didn't score a point. They never looked like they were going to score a point. Um, this Devonte Adams thing is not working at all. It There's outside of week one, there has not been an, a game this season where you looked at that and said, well, that's what I thought. Like, wow, that really was plug and play. Like it yeah, I could tell that those guys played together in college, like, and in law. <laughs> None of that. None of that. It's fits and starts, and they got to fight for everything they get. You know, they didn't have Darren Waller, but, like, the other tight end, Moreau, was the only guy showing up in the first half. So it's like, it's not like they weren't getting anything out of their tight end. And game script got flipped so early. It's 17 0 in the first quarter. So the whole idea of 30 carries for Josh Jacobs is out the window. They still should have thrown the ball to him, Mark. I don't know, man. Um they're not as bad as their record. Um, and there are certainly other games this year that I'm still flabbergasted. They lost. If you watch the entire game, you're like the better team didn't win. But they didn't even show up for this one. And I, I don't know. I mean, it looked like everybody was on Bourbon Street till 5 a.m. I, yeah. I, I I don't I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um good for the Saints. They bowed up and Um, they're in the thick of that division because everybody's in it in the in the NFC South. But I don't know how much of it was the Saints playing a great game and the Raiders just literally punting on that football game.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a bad look. And I did a whole thing before the season about how this would be and should be the most dynamic duo with quarterback because of their friendship. Yeah. For those who don't know, they truly are boys. They hang their families. They are cool. And you would just think that would translate on the field, and it just hasn't. So I agree. All right. Zach Wilson throws three pits and a Jets loss. He's the reason the Jets lost. Jet uh, uh Wilson is a guy now that they're gonna have to lean more on because of the injury Good to, Brees, to Brees Hall. Jets are in trouble.
1: Well, I'm I he's not the best quarterback on that roster. Um he's Joe, just not. Joe Flacco's better? I think so. Wow. For how they're built. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I'm not a Wilson guy. I haven't been. I've been I've been waiting for it, it to see it. People tell me this, that, the other. I, I'm waiting to see it with my own eyes at the NFL. I haven't. Um okay, so let me... and that's a tough market, man. They they will chew you up and spit you out. And and like he's starting to look to me like where Sam Darnold was when they caught him saying, I'm seeing ghosts. Like this is looking, <laughs> like I feel like I've seen this movie before and he's not very good and now it's in his head and the fans aren't buying it and the media is not buying it and Salah comes out of that game and he's talking about Wilson and he meets the media on Monday and it's a lot of questions about are you sure you're sticking with him why are you sticking with him like i i don't think that that's going to and and they took away the guy who you said Hall that was their i mean that was the the foundational element in their offense And the offensive line, even the way it was constructed in the summer, gave me pause. Where they are now with all the injuries, forget about it. I don't see him being able to withstand all that. And I don't see them stringing together a lot of wins. The defense has come a long way. But I don't buy him. I don't buy that he's the Jets' answer at quarterback.
0: If you want to win, if you're solid, Don't you just make the switch? We saw Joe Flacco earlier in the season win some games when Zach was out. Just make the switch. Or is this, they have to see what they have in Wilson because they need to know if they need to go get another guy? Yeah, they
1: have. I mean, look, you take a kid that high and it's still this young. He's still this young. I think you, 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 look, I know the Jets were five and two, yada, yada, yada. But like, the Jets are not a contending team this year. Like, The goal isn't to be just barely good enough to be the last wild card. Like, no, the goal is to build a team that you think can contend for a championship, hopefully not just once, but for some period of time. And quarterback is the most important position to that end. So, no, I I think they have to keep Mm -hmm. playing him, and I understand that, but I I am very – I'm not sure they're going to like the – like, they're going to find the answer by the end of the season. I don't think they're going to like the answer.
0: All right, let's talk about uh, the commanders. Heineke's better than Carson Wentz. That should be a wrap. For me, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. He's injecting so much energy. They come back from uh, uh, from behind. They beat the Colts. This is, this is easy math for me. Why don't they just make the move, or will they make the move once he becomes eligible to come off the IR? I'm talking about Carson Wentz. Oh, no, just, this is Heineke's football team. It's
1: got to be. Heineke's football team. It's got to no, be. No, there's not. I mean, and look, he does some of the same stuff Wentz does. He will run around like a chicken with his head cut off sometimes and throw a jump ball in the middle of the field. He threw the pick six against the Packers early. He could have easily thrown another one. I mean, he had dropped one. That was a house call. Uh, and he threw an interception. Yeah, he was getting hit. But he, 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 there's things about him. That will keep him, I think, from ever being a long-term starter for anybody. But for the way that team's built in this very moment, with the NFC so wide open, yeah, like Scary Terry shows up all over the place with the, with, with him under center. He he he'd be on a milk cart in a lot of weeks with Wentz. Um, <laughs> I I, No, I think that you just saw the energy when he – that game against the Packers, that was the most excitement, verve, energy they've had on their sideline and in their huddle all year. They believe in this guy. And they're willing – they love him so much that they can live with some of the inane stuff he – like some of the crap he's going to put out there, they can roll with because he's their dog, he's their guy, and we think he can help us win in the end. And that's sort of been his little thing. Like he he keeps them in games and then they kind of find a way – to win a tight game late. Uh, the defense has quietly gotten a whole lot better as the season's gone on. They're not getting nearly enough respect. I've been riding them on the money line for a couple weeks now. It's it's working. Um, <laughs> I don't know about this week because that's a weird game. Yeah, like, yeah. part of me thinks they will destroy Kirk Cousins. Part of me thinks the Vikings are a little bit... Flawed. Yeah. Not yeah. as good as the record indicates. Yeah. Um... But yeah, Washington can do some things. You know, they 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 got the kid Robinson back. Now they can put Gibson in the role. He's better suited for um, the offensive line play. I'm, I'm, I'm Baldy can speak to that more than me on Thursday. But a, offensive line play looks like it's come a ways since the first couple of weeks. Um, and the only team that gets more pressure than them is the Dallas Cowboys. So like, if they're running into trenches and they got a quarterback who they believe in. Uh, they don't play a murderer's role of a schedule. They're in a conference where everything's kind of like whatever. And you start stringing some wins together. Like, again, are they a Super Bowl caliber team? Hell no. Um, is Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke, whatever the hell. Is he going to be their starting quarterback next year? He better not be. But in this moment and for the rest of the season, is that his football team? Unquestionably. Got to
0: be. Last thing before we go, 49ers. They're going to be dangerous. Once they get healthy on defense, okay, and you've got that pass rush, and now you've added McCaffrey. He threw for one, ran for one, caught one on, on Sunday. I just feel like this team, it's not the team you saw two weeks ago, obviously, with the additions. But I've always said once they get healthy on defense, this is a juggernaut. They're going to be a different team six weeks from now if things go their way. I just want to get your take on Shanahan and the 49ers. They they slapped the Rams. The Rams are in trouble. We've talked about it all season, season, right? They they can't protect Stafford.
1: What about the 49ers and their ceiling? Ceiling is high. Um, They're a hard team to get a handle on because they, they did the Trey Lance experiment, right, and then he got hurt you saw immediately for the first two or three weeks that Garoppolo was not ready to really play football, right? He didn't have a, I mean, they banished him. He wasn't in anybody's camp. You know what I mean? It's different for a quarterback with no team. And then here, come back for this team. And we think we got a chance to win the Super Bowl and go play in this game, even though you haven't gotten any reps. And then now you're starting. And then it looked like they were starting to get some stuff figured out on offense. And then they got decimated by injuries and the defense all of a sudden became a problem. Um, And now I feel like with McCaffrey and they're going to get Debo back at some point that they're going to have some really interesting weapons to play with in the second half, you know, Trent Williams. I mean, just look at the win loss records with Shanahan with Trent Williams, without it's kind of the same thing as Garoppolo. Um, And if the defense can get relatively healthy and stay relatively healthy, then it's as menacing as any team in the league on that side of the ball. So Yes, in a conference where I have a hard time making the case for many teams as being a team that I truly think is um, worthy of a Lombardi trophy, I I think you have to give them strong consideration. Um, But if this wave of injuries continues, then we've also, you know, that's a team that has laid some eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've lost to the, you know, they lost to the Bears. I know it was early, but, I mean, they all count. You know, they they lost the game to the Falcons. I didn't think they were going to lose, and they lost it handily. So, tough league to figure, man. That's
0: why we love it. In the huddle, guys, subscribe, like us, tell your friends. Come back every Tuesday, Thursday. We release new episodes wherever you get your podcast. It's free on the Odyssey app, in the huddle. Jason Lock on 4. Baldy will join me on Thursdays. We'll start to break down some things that are going to happen on Sunday and what we're looking ahead to. Jason, man, enjoy it as always. Have a great day. We'll talk next week, brother.